Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. Well, I want to welcome you to a podcast of Ignite Your Passion, a podcast where we really talk about having a passion to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And, and so I'm so glad that you've joined us again today. And uh, it's, it's always a blessing for me because I get to visit with friends of mine, uh, people who have a, a, a similar heart, a like-minded spirit, and uh, have a heart to reach the world for Jesus. And today um, I'm visiting with a friend, uh, Royce Williams, who has a heart for God. He's an evangelist. And uh, Royce, thank you for being a part of this. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. It's a joy to be with you. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, to, to just share your heart with us. And I know that you have a heart for really two things, revival and evangelism. And, yes, that's um, correct. My, you know, if, if I were to give a definition of someone said, what do you do, Sammy? I'd say I'm a revivalist evangelist because <laughs> those are the two things that I, I have a heart for is, is to see revival among God's people and to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And, and so uh, yes. we, we, we have that same heart. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. I know that uh, you, you and I work together, by the way, many people won't know, and I'll say this, but I'll let you really tell us who at the heart and core you are. But uh, Royce and I are both officers in the uh, Conference for Southern Baptist Evangelists, and, and we work together in that, and I've just appreciated you so much in your heart and, uh, and what you do. So, Royce, thank you. But tell us, give, give us a little background. Tell us about your family and, and what you're doing right now. Uh, uh, so give us some, some background on yourself. Well, I'm I'm married to Wanda. We have four children all together. We have three girls and one boy, and we have 15 grandchildren. So, oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, that keeps us pretty busy. And um, I, I really I work out of Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. I've uh, started a missions organization. Uh, it's entitled Missions Evangelism Ministries, and uh, I, I formed that in 1991. But I guess I should go back a little further than that, Sammy. I was saved when I was nine years old, gave my heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ at a very young age. I was nine, almost 10 years old, and I kind of floundered for uh, about five years there because of um, not a lot of discipleship going on in those days. But I really got a heart for uh, soul winning and for evangelism when I was 16 years old. We had... Um, what we called a lay witness renewal revival in, in my church. And for the first time, someone sat me down and showed me how to go through scripture and to lead someone to a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now I was thrilled. I led my first soul to Christ when I was 16 years old and wow. uh, my life's not been the same since brother. Yeah. I tell you what, you share Christ and see someone come to Jesus and their life changed uh, that's a life-changing experience. I have a friend who said uh, when, after she came cr to Christ, she was a drug addict, and she came to Christ, and then she led someone else to Jesus, and she said, Sammy, this is better than getting saved. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the only thing that comes close to getting saved yeah, yourself that, is seeing that, someone else uh, give their heart and life to the Lord Jesus and become involved in the, in the work of the Lord. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's what it's really all about. It's not just uh, being 
uh, saved yourself and just you and your family, but to see others come to Christ and to multiply the field of uh, workers for the Lord. And so, uh, you know, I was thinking, a matter of fact, I had preached on this this past Sunday from uh, from Matthew chapter 9, uh, where, where Jesus said that the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And that's that's our responsibility, not just to live the Christian life ourselves, but to pray that the Lord will cast others into the to the field because man, the the field really is white under harvest. Everywhere you go, uh, lost yeah. people are just uh, are in the in the majority. Everywhere you go these days, yeah. even in the United States of America, a nation founded on Christian principles, we we have uh, we have about 185 plus million people in in the United States that don't claim any relationship to any God, to any church, to any religion whatsoever. So the field really is white under harvest and, uh, and uh, the laborers are few. So we do pray that the Lord will uh, call out more evangelists, call out more preachers, call out more missionaries and, and, um, and all for his praise and glory because uh, he's the one who deserves it all. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, um, I, I have a, a burden to see a new generation raised up who, who are on fire for Jesus Christ with a flame yes. burning in, in them. Now, you, you have this burden for both revival and evangelism, and I want us to talk about both of those. Um, okay. So first of all, tell me in your kind of estimation, what is the difference in revival and evangelism, or is there a difference? Yes, uh, there is a difference, a distinct difference, actually. Um, revival is for the people of God. I always go back to that Old Testament passage. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he said, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And uh, revival really is for God's people. I believe we'll see a great uh, spread of evangelistic work whenever the church has been uh, truly revived, have a deep work of God. And we need that kind of renewal in our churches, particularly in America, because we've grown uh, very cold as a, as, a, as a church in America with regard to evangelism and the care for souls you know, around the world. And to have a burden for those that are lost, you think about... Uh, uh, those uh, two billion plus in the world who still have never heard the name of Jesus. And so uh, we've got a great responsibility here. You know, the Bible says, unto whom much is given, much will be required. And and churches in America have uh, had the opportunity to feed on the word of God for, for centuries, actually. And um, we should be further down the road to reaching the world with the gospel than we are. Yeah, well, and boy, I tell you what, it's it's like a sleeping giant here in the United States if the church yes. would 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 awaken. And you know, you said something, and it it and it's it, it's I think really critical. Revival and evangelism are different, but then you talked about how when you are revived, you're going to have a heart to reach others. So yes. evangelism yes. grows out of a revived heart, a revived exactly spirit. right. Well, everyone wants to see a great awakening in America, but I believe that will only happen when the church has been revived. When a church gets uh, the, the heart of the Lord and has the mind of Christ, uh, 
You know, God only had one son. He made a missionary out of him, sent him to tell the good news of the gospel and die on the cross for our sins. And he sends us out as missionaries in the same way to tell that same story that Jesus saves. And so, I mean, then evangelism is really, I think, a, ref- a fruit of revival. When an individual or when a church has been revived, then evangel- evangelism really begins to explode. Yeah. Uh, not just, you know, by, by additions, but in multiplication. And that's what we see that took place, you know, in the, in the early church when you read the book of Acts. And so you go from 3,000 to 5,000, and then it just keeps on multiplying. Yeah. That's the kind of movement that we really need in the United States, I believe. Amen. And uh, I'm, I'm convinced that, that God is up to something uh, in relationship to multiplying. You know, I just returned from Brazil, and I was working with the multiplying church movement there. And it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's an outgrowth of, uh, of the, uh, their Baptist mission board there in Brazil. They're a national mission board. But God is doing something that's absolutely incredible. And it's, it's so mm. balanced, and it's rooted in prayer and evangelism and discipleship and training leaders and planning churches. And it, it's just really exciting. My prayer is that we would see a very similar thing take place here in the United States. And, and, and the revived heart is where it begins, that, that heart that's been revived, that has a heart for what's on God's heart. And, and the world that's right. is on God's heart. The world is on God's heart. So that, that's revival. Now, t- talk to me a little bit about evangelism. Uh, well, most evangelism is, in, is... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, evangelism is intentional. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not something that uh, just automatically happens every day, but you've got to have a mindset for that. It's, uh, it's once uh, you have been renewed and revived and you've had a deep work of God in your heart, then you have a heart to see other people saved. And so you share that good news of the gospel. A lot of people are doing uh, a missionary work uh, and, uh, and ministry, but really don't do much evangelism. Sometimes that's the way it works out. And, uh, you know, we care about people who are hungry and we care about people who are, are displaced and so forth. But the, the main need that people have around the world is to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior that has uh, eternal ramifications. And so uh, the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only thing uh, that people really need at the root of all the rest, uh, the most deep need of every human heart is to know Christ as Lord and Savior, because according to Jesus, there is only one way to be saved. He said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Another text uh, over in the book of Matthew in chapter number 11 says, no one knows the Son but the Father, and no one knows the Father but the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So the only way you can know the Father is through the Son. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only saving plan that God has. And um, it's not all about just going to heaven when you die. It's it's enjoying the gift of uh, eternal life uh, right now. Jesus said, "I, I am come, present tense, that you might have, present tense, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And so, um, or living this, uh, the life of Christ is the fulfillment of, of anything that it, anyone could possibly want in this world or in the world to come. So 
It's, yeah. it's a matter of getting the gospel with uh, three 3,000 people groups uh, in the world still that uh, don't have anyone trying to try, trying to reach that group of what they call unreached people groups and then unengaged unreached people groups. 3,000 of them still uh, with a population of 100,000 or more. And so wow. the task before us to evangelize is greater than it's ever been. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know I, I think one of the things that has happened is that, that we've lost, especially here in America, a, a, a deep belief in the power of the gospel. You know, the, yes. what you mentioned just a minute ago, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, is kind of like, oh, that's old hat. We know that. Well, it's not old hat. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's new, fresh every morning. Every this, morning. The, what he did on the cross, I mean, is, is fresh for me. I need his grace that flows from the cross every day and the power of his resurrection uh, in my yes. life, you know, every single day. But, you know, I, I was in, uh, many years ago, I was in uh, Siberia preaching. And I had a, a, a team with me from a particular church here in America, and we saw just lots of people come to Christ. And, and, yes. But, but I, I preached a simple message each night on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and people would get <laughs> saved. And the pastor came to me, and he said something interesting. He said, Sammy, I think in America we've lost belief that the power of God is in the message of the cross. Uh, because yes. he said we've quit preaching that, you know, because we don't think anybody will will respond, and and there are now. One of the things that's happened is in our churches we have evangelistic meetings, but there's no people non Christians there. It's all Christians, right? And right to the choir. So we've we've got to break out. So I I know that you're involved in a couple of I don't know whether to call them movements programs that that are trying to do that, um, right. One of them's well, Acts one eight, and one of them's well. You you go ahead and tell me what they are, and and and. Well, Acts the one act, the Acts one eight movement is is something that the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention started a number of years ago. It's been, uh, oh gosh, uh, maybe eight or ten years ago, and um, the focus on churches becoming, uh, with the vision out beyond where they are, and upon. Uh, some of these unengaged, unreached people groups in the world. And what uh, they try to do is to get uh, pastors have to be on board, of course. And the pastor can lead the church in this kind of vision where they uh, want to become an Acts 1-8 church that adopts a people group uh, that's unengaged and unreached. And it means that they would, uh, first of all, begin to pray for them that uh, that uh, you know that the Lord would would send a laborers to that field, and that the Lord might would use them as a church to do that. And and then they take a vision trip. Um, I'm a member of a church that uh, that is an Acts one eight church, and um, began that a, a number of years ago. The result of that has been that we have we have people out of our church that are serving as uh, full time missionaries uh, in some of those places, and um, we have four four couples from our church that are wow, serving in, in places that, 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 are, <laughs> that cannot be named. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but because of that, then we have open doors there. And so through this Acts 1-8 program, we are sending teams in to share the gospel, train leaders, encourage pastors, 
And uh, we're doing that in a number of countries. I just got back from South Asia um, a few weeks back and uh, training, training evangelists, just going from one church to another church and, and teaching them how to share the gospel. And of course, in, in, um, in Hindu cultures and in Muslim cultures, you approach it in a, in a different way. You have to come at it in a, in a certain uh, fashion. But but when you get right down to it, the gospel is the message. And so, um, so I, you know, I, I'm encouraging churches to become Acts 1-8 churches wherever I preach revivals. And I, I do uh, quite a number of revivals, maybe 25 a year. And each of those churches, I try to encourage the pastor and we'll, we'll, we'll speak on Acts 1-8 during the week just to talk about, you know, where does your church stand with regard to reaching the world with the gospel, because it begins in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, but it's to the uttermost part of the earth. Yeah. And so this, this Acts 1-8, um, uh, it's really a movement, I guess you would say, has been going on for at least seven or eight years. So, so, and so, so I'm the, encouraging churches to, churches to do that. So the idea is Acts 1-8 talks about you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit yes. comes upon you and shall be a witness in Jerusalem. So the church is being a witness in their own local community, their own local right. Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria, and then the last thing it says, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So it's, it's encouraging the church to start in their Jerusalem and move out to the uttermost part of the earth where there are unreached people groups to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the basic idea. Is that correct? That's the basic idea. And of course, uh, a lot of churches nowadays uh, have lost the vision of, of local missions and local evangelism, personal intentional evangelism. And so it begins where we are, but then it wants to take us, uh, you know, all of these are to be going on simultaneously. You, you could never reach out to the world after you've reached your own Jerusalem. That would never take place. So you know, you, you, uh, you're doing all of these simultaneously. But once a church catches the vision of what the Lord has called us to, uh, I'm reminded that uh, the only command that God gave us five times in the New Testament is to go and teach and baptize in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. It's the yeah. only commandment that's given five times in the New Testament. It's given there in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And people think, well, yeah, that's the commission to the church, but that's just one time that it's given. In Mark in 16, 15 and 16, he says that we are to take the gospel to every living creature. In Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 48, he says that we are to take this gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. John 20 and, 20 and 21, he said, as the Father hath sent me, so send I you. But yeah. this Acts 1-8 movement is based on that clearest statement, I believe is the clearest statement, Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And so, you know, I, I just finished a, an interim in a Baptist church about an hour from where I live. I do that uh, for a, a limited period of time. I give them a starting date and a closing date. And one of, one of my uh, uh, emphases during the time that I'm with them for usually about uh, no more than three months. And 
then I still have the the ability, the availability to travel. But I'm with them most of those Sundays, uh, particularly in the slower months of the year, in the cold of December, January, and February, and uh, sometimes in the heat of the summer. But anyway, one of my emphasis is is for them to become an Acts one eight church and to uh, to take on this responsibility that the Lord has assigned to us because anything he says five times in the new Testament, it, there, there must be something to it. Yeah. So the call, the call to evangelize beginning where we are to the uttermost part of the earth is the main focus should be the main focus of every, every Baptist church. And so any church, evangelical church. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and, I, uh, the, I, I was going to say, sorry. That, you know, this is, this is the mandate for God's people. Uh, that we we yes. are to to be witnesses right where we're at to share our faith in Christ, but and and then let it spread out to the whole world. I want to go back to something real quick, and then we're going to move on to uh, another thing that I know that's on your heart. But uh, you know, you you made a statement earlier on in in uh, about the multiplying of the church, and I was in a conversation with some. Uh, dear pastor friends who really love the Lord. And we were discussing the Acts, you know, situation. And uh, uh, I, I, and I brought out the fact that the church had added on the day of Pentecost 3,000 people. But then you find in Acts 6, uh, in, in I think it's verse 12. Uh, but anyway, it, it talks about multiplying. And then in yes. Acts chapter 12 and verse 24, it talks about multiplying disciples. But, um, you know, when you look at that, then one of my friends said, but after that, you don't find it talking about multiplying. And I thought about that for a while, and I said, you know, it's true. But then I realized something, and, and, and that is that the Acts 13 happens after Acts 12 comes Acts yes. 13. And, and that's yes. where then Paul is sent out into the whole Roman empire to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. And so now yes. it's going from no longer just Antioch and Jerusalem in this nice little place where God's moving and sending revival, but now the revival is to be brought to the whole world. And uh, yes. so, yes. uh, so it's a, uh, so it, it was something that, you know, sort of dawned on me. It was sort of a, a revelation to me. I know that, you know, we, we think about the world and boy, there's so much potential in the world today. Because yes. God is doing something. The world is big. It's a huge place. And, and God's yes. given us great opportunities. But it boils down to small things. Uh, you know, in Zechariah chapter mm -hmm. 4, where it says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It also says, who has despised the day of small things? And yes. We reach the world through small things. And I know there's a a movement that you're a part of that that's within uh, the Southern Baptist convention that is talking about, uh, everyone reach one. It, tell us a little about that. Yes, that's a, that's a terminology that's been around quite a while. Everyone reach one. This is actually who is your one. Okay. Um, J.D. Greer, who is the president of the Southern Baptist convention uh, at the present time, um, he, as pastor of Summit Church in 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 North Carolina, and a very active church, very large, uh, reaching church, evangelistic locally and around the world. They're actually sending more people overseas 
for overseas assignments than any other church in the convention. So I think we have a great uh, leader in J.D. Greer. One of the things that he did uh, in, uh, and, is, and is doing in his church, the Summit Church, is this thing he calls, Who is Your One? And since uh, he is the convention president, now the North American Mission Board has just recently adopted that. And by recently, I mean it started February 26th of this year. Hmm. And uh, who is your one? And what they're doing is they're offering free resources to pastors in order to conduct this. And the way that who is your one works is that um, um, a harvest evangelist is called to come in and to introduce it to the church, to challenge the church, to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show them uh, their one and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to give them a burden for someone that they work with someone that they spend time with uh, in other uh, ways and walks of life and and just ask the Holy Spirit to it really does begin with small things because one person uh, may never win but one person their whole Christian life but that one person may win thousands you just yeah. don't know or millions yeah. you just have no idea and so uh, this this who is your one is a challenge to uh, the church members and the, and the evangelist goes and introduces that. I just did this this past Sunday at uh, Valley Grove Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, I challenged them at two services on Sunday morning. And then I'm going back in the fall and with the prayer and the hope that, um, that they've, they've taken a hold of the challenge and they've prayed for one and they've intentionally uh, reached out to someone, showed them the love of Christ, given them the gospel. And um, and so in the fall of this year, I will go back and, and do um, a meeting four days long uh, with the hope that we'll reap the harvest in those days. So um, you can get those free materials from uh, the North, North American Mission Board. I think it's nam.net, uh, N-A-M-B.net, I believe that's right. I'm trying to... I'm looking. Yes, that's it. Um, so, nam.net. And uh, who's who, that's actually uh, with the apostrophe S, who's your one? Yeah. And they can find it that way. It's free to pastors, you know, free to individuals if they just want to find out what it's about. So, um, I'm excited about this because uh, uh, Johnny Hunt, you know the name. Right. Um, with, uh, has recently joined with the North American Mission Board. And uh, this is something that he has adopted and made a part of uh, the regular work of, uh, of the board. So who's your one is available. And uh, you can find that at, at nam.net. I think that you can even just find that who's your one.com. Yep. And, and uh, I think JD Greer had a website that, um, that promoted this as well. So, but it's all about one individual praying for, reaching out to intentional evangelism and deciding they're going to obey what the Lord has said to do yeah. beginning in our Jerusalem. You, you know, I have some friends when I was pastor in Germany, um, I, I took a group of men and my wife took a group of women and we just poured our lives into them, taught them the basic principles of growing in Christ. And as they did, they began to share Christ with others. And one of the men yes. uh, who began to have a time alone with God, his name was John. And uh, John came to me and he said, Sammy, as I'm having my time alone with God, I, he says, my boss, my, 
director, my supervisor, uh, who happened to be the commander of the, uh, this was an American military base area. He happened to be the commander of the hospital, o- over the hospital. He said, my boss, I'm, I'm praying for him. God just put him on my heart. And, 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 and he just began to pray for him. He began to just quietly, slowly yes. share his faith with him. And uh, one Sunday evening, uh, I was greeting people as they were walking out of the church. And the commander comes out. And he shakes my hand and he says, I'm in my 50s and I have no purpose in life. That was the first thing he said to me. Now, this was the, wow. this was the man that this one man was praying for, his one boss, and, and sharing with him. And he comes to church and he walks out and says that. I said, well, listen, we need to get together. Well, he ended up giving his heart to Christ. He later surrendered to preach, yeah. ended up going to Dallas Theological Seminary, was the oldest person <laughs> at the seminary and uh, w- became a pastor after he retired from the military, became a pastor. And uh, he's now in an assisted living place. But uh, he told me, he, he called me about two weeks ago. He says, Sammy, I'm fixing to have surgery. I don't know if I'm going to make it, but would you pray for me? And I said, sure. And he says, because he says, I'm preaching right after the surgery. <laughs> so, he, he's a so here's one guy. And, and, wow. and at a military at a military base, who just got his com- his boss on his heart, his boss comes to Christ, and his boss touches thousands of lives. And even though he's very elderly today, he's still touching people for Christ. So um, yeah, you know that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. You know. Yes, uh, that's right. That's know, right. So, so many times we think in the big, and the and God's heart is for the big. I mean. Every, you know, is when you talk about six billion people or so, uh, every, mm-hmm. every one of those six billion are important to God. Yeah. And, and yes. so, and so we've got to take that big thing and bring it down to one thing. And each one of us can be a part of that. Is that, uh, I think I, that's what I'm hearing you say. Is that right? Well, that's exactly it. Uh, it, it starts with the individual. And uh, there is no church without the individual, and there is no denomination without the individual. And it all starts with a one Christian that yeah. uh, God just uh, sets his heart on fire, and uh, he's been saved, and he know he know what he knows knows what it means to be saved and to live the Christ life, and he wants other people to experience the same thing. And it's all for God's glory. That's the thing. Jesus mm-hmm. is the one who makes it all possible through his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross and that's the reason when we when we do mission work when we do ministry really if we don't share the gospel we have not evangelized yeah and uh i've often said and i'm pretty sure you've said this as well but the process of evangelism is not finished until the evangelized becomes an evangelist yeah yeah and uh, that's great that cycle goes round and round so That's the way we reach the world for Christ. Amen. Well, listen, thank you so much, Royce, for sharing. It, before we close, is there any one thing that you would just like to leave with our audience to be thinking about, to be praying about? Yes. Pray that the Lord will send more laborers into the harvest. Pray that America will have uh, the burden that uh, God has for the world because God looks down from heaven. He sees everybody in one of two clear categories. They either know him through Jesus or they're lost and on their way to an eternal hell. And so we need revival in America and we need evangelism. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. What a good word. What a great word. I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, God bless all of you who have been listening to this broadcast. And we just pray that God will set your heart aflame and uh, give you a burden for one that you can share with uh, this week, this month, this year. So uh, you go before the Lord and take what Royce has shared and, and let God just touch your heart. God bless you. And thank you for being with us. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit SammyTippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.